Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? We're back here with the Canadians Connection Podcast. I'm Joseph Whalen, joined by the Editor-in-Chief of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how's it going? I'm doing well. Um, It's been a busy week. It's been a busy week for the Canadians. I've been out uh, doing some uh, scouting, scouting the East. Uh, We've got the Islanders, the Flyers, the Bruins, the Rangers. Um, Yeah. As they've, uh, you know, prepared their uh, training camps and uh, looking at their prospects and roster decisions and, and uh, perhaps break that Montreal tunnel vision that we hear about from the media. So, uh, it's been a busy week, and and um, happy to be with you today. Yeah, you've been out doing uh, doing some scouting, getting a look at all those other teams, the teams that Montreal is going to have to have to deal with down the road. So, thing to do is just to dive right in because we have got another jam packed show. This has been a really really interesting week for the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, we as we went off on last week that night, they were in Ottawa or excuse me, they were playing against the Senators, I should say. Um, and that was Carey Price's first full game. And then now, this the past two games, you've played against Toronto, and you've gotten to see Asperi Kotkaniemi. And I guess that's going to be the focus of this show, is where what what to do with Asperi Kotkaniemi. And, um, you know, part of that has been answered. Um, we had, yeah. uh, after the last game, we had uh, Claude Julien say, it's going to be hard to keep him off um, the opening night roster. And uh, just before we went to air today, uh, Claude Julian has confirmed that uh, Kakanyemi will start uh, the season uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and in, in doing so is going to be the, the, um, the youngest player in the, um, uh, the youngest player in the NHL on an opening night roster. So um Congratulations to him and and uh, yeah yeah um, what a what a story he's been through training camp. I, and and like I think that everyone going in was kind of expecting that if if nothing else he would be one of Montreal's more talented players. Like I think that everyone kind of went in with the the thought that okay he was drafted third overall for a reason. But I don't think at least I didn't think that he was going to be as consistent as he's been. And I know it's preseason. So now you're getting, as you mentioned, they're going to have him stick around beyond for opening night and, and potentially eight other games beyond that. And I mean, this is going to be a really interesting period because you like, you, you go back and you're opening night, you're playing against Toronto. So we have already been there. You've, you've, you're facing Matthews, Tavares, Kadri. Then you're at Pittsburgh. Crosby Malkin. This is going to be a really interesting stretch for uh, for Yasperi Kotkaniemi. So I, I think that, and if anything else, it's brought genuine excitement. 
And uh, I guess maybe that's that's a good place to, you know, we can we can get caught up in the hoopla. And there's been plenty of that. Uh, He's brought excitement to a team that wasn't expected to have a lot of excitement. I mean, expectations are are uh, not very high. When they opened the broadcast the other night, they talked about two teams being at the opposite ends of the, the standings by the, you know, there's no, there was no uh, positivity uh, there when they were facing the Leafs. Uh, so he's brought that kind of excitement uh, and fans are excited to watch. Now we have to, to wonder a little bit, um, you know, is his, uh, certainly he's, he's earned uh, uh, the right to stay, but is part of it, just that marketing angle to uh, ensure that the, the Canadians have a really positive narrative uh, to talk about as, uh, as the season starts. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a really interesting point because I think that more, uh, I think people would have been really just kind of angry, I guess is the word because he's, I think he's done everything that he is, that he was supposed to do or, you know, or, uh, should have been expected to do uh, in, in order to be around for the opening night of the season. I think that sending him to Finland or, or down Laval, that, that could be a possibility. But I think that doing either of those things would have been sending a message that, you know, this, he's, he's not ready. And I don't think that that's necessarily fair. So at least that's probably what he would have gotten from it if he were to go down. And there's the marketing point of it too so I think generally you look at everything that's gone on the way that he's played how fans have reacted to him and then like you say the marketing aspect of it all of those things considered I think he had to stick around for it for at least opening night and you know maybe the nine games and you know beyond that who really knows yeah I think um, I, I mean the hype in in terms of um you know the, the the very first game he played against New Jersey. Um, if if we're being honest, and there's not, there's not many out there who are being, he didn't yeah. play that well the first two periods. He was he looked lost the first two periods. Didn't play that well by his own admission. Uh, at the end of the game, he said he just he just wasn't there for the first two periods, and and that's understandable. Um, and then the, the, the real fortunate thing was that he scored that, that goal and it was a beauty. It was right. Uh, you know, a, yeah. a one timer from the slot and the, the, they blew the roof off the, the bell center. And, um, you know, that big smile, his, his confidence was that, that, that third period saved him. And then after the game, he was the focus of attention and the snowball started there. But yeah. truth be told, he didn't, he didn't have. A, a great game, but, but he, the confidence was built from that. And then he just got better and better and better as, as the exhibition schedule went on. Yeah. And that, and that kind of culminated with Wednesday night when you're facing the, the team. I mean, when you look at the Atlantic division, that is the team that is, I mean, you know, Tampa Bay is obviously, you know, they have Stamkos and, and point and guys like that, Tyler Johnson, but, the, the star power on Toronto down the middle, especially probably the most loaded team in this division. And he look, he didn't look out of place. And that's, I think as big a compliment as you could give him. He didn't look out of place at all. He looked completely comfortable. I mean, you know, maybe uh, 
people wanted a little bit more offensively, but that's going to, you know, he, he, he did exactly what I think he was supposed to do. I, I just, he, he did. And, and, and he looked very good. Toronto, Toronto didn't play that well, uh, yeah. five on five, but, but uh, yeah, uh, their special teams were unbelievable. Uh, but, <laughs> but that said, he, he, um, you know, he, he was better than expected against those top guns. Um, you know, it was just the, just to throw a dash of caution in, you look at that game against Ottawa where he was the first star of the game. Um, he was the first star, but yet he was pointless. Um, yeah. he didn't even have, he didn't even have a shot on goal in that game <laughs> and he was the first star. Um, yeah. when, you, you know, so let's, uh, and, and okay, that said, he had uh, two posts and a crossbar, so he he played well. But let's let's kind of calm down a bit. Let's calm yeah. down is, is all I'm suggesting. Yeah. Um, I mean the the talent. Maybe that's it. What where what do you see as far as as where is where are his strengths? Well, I think the thing that comes out to me, especially at this age, and it's just the fact that he has got the ability to create something out of practically nothing. I mean, and, and it was in that game against Toronto and I keep going back to it because that's the game where you see him against the the best competition that he's seen to this point. So you go up against that and he made in that, in that first period, he made a pair of passes just back to back where Yes, one was a cross-ice pass that went to Jonathan Drouin, and that's a bit of a dangerous pass to make. He made it from basically his own blue line across the ice to the opposite side to Jonathan Drouin, and he burst in basically alone, and, and it got broken up. But, you know, that is a play where, you know, you see that play made by only the elite of the elite, and very rarely do you see a guy be able to make it at that age, especially in the NHL. And I know that Toronto wasn't playing their, you know, projected blue line uh, for opening night. But, I mean, even still, they won't have a great blue line anyways. So you go into that, and he makes that type of play. Not only that, but then follows it up and sets up Drouin in the slot. That, to me, was where just that, – that sequence really stood out to me, is that he has just got the ability to make a play where really none seems to exist. Well, it's funny. It's 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 an ability to uh, thread passes through heavy traffic without yeah. really forcing the play. Um, exactly. And, and it's something that that um, I saw when in in um, you know in World Juniors, uh, he it's something, and it's it's because of his vision, his yeah. his ability to break down what's happening on the ice. He has uh, he knows what his teammates are going to do. And he has a pretty good idea of what the opposition's going to do. Processes that all at NHL speed. Uh, he's very, yeah. I mean, that's his, his, his biggest asset is he's very intelligent. Add to that, that he's super competitive, um, skilled. He's got, uh, at, the, at this age, he plays a very mature game. He's very poised. Uh, he's he's uh, patient. Um, yeah. And and that makes him creative. He's he's able to uh, make adjustments in game on the fly, so that 
so that um, you know the opposition can't really key in on on what he's doing. Um, he protects the puck extremely well. He's gone to he he already had a, a pretty good reach, but he went to that that uh, longer stick in um, in at the rookie camp, and and he said that that he was having some problems uh, maneuvering in tight with the longer stick, so he's, he was going to cut it off. And then he scored that goal against New Jersey, and he was like, "No, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm keeping this stick." Um, I mean, he's, you know, we've talked about the, the two-way, the, his ability to forecheck and backcheck. Yeah. Um, he's just, he's just beyond his years. Now, there is another side. There is um, his skating, and um, I think, with respect to his skating, um, it's, it's not only his acceleration, which you know, is kind of average or even below average, but it's, it's not being strong or balanced, uh, over his skates. Um, so in heavy traffic, um, he competes well. Um, he has that competitive spirit, but it's being knocked off his skates, knocked off balance. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he has the willingness to go in and get his nose dirty and, and engage in puck battles but not necessarily the strength to, to win those battles. Um, So, um, you know, this season, um, I think that um, my recommend, my hope is that he'll go back to Finland and um, uh, work on his strength, work on his skating. Uh, How about playing center for a year, which he didn't do last year. Um, Those, those are the kinds of things uh, that, that I hope, um, I mean, we've seen some exceptional uh, uh, play already out of him in the preseason, uh, but uh, there's there's another another level yet to come, and and I think with with some time, um, and and particularly in the men's league in Finland, he could he could just you know come to camp next next year and and uh, be at a completely different level. Yeah, and and I would agree with all of that, and. The reason why is, you know, he's, he's a pretty lanky, he's got, he's, he's a long, you know, he's, he's got a lot of length, but he hasn't really filled out. And so that'd be the only concern for me is I, like, I kind of figured going into this, that he could, he could possess the skill that he would immediately be one of Montreal's better players. But the worry would be if he can handle the 82 game grind and, and, you know, with respect to him, I don't know if he's at that level just yet. And that's, that's not a bad thing. Like you said, he could go back to Finland and play a full year at center and that would be perfect. He could go, you know, a lot of people are saying maybe send him to Laval. Laval would be a nice spot for him to go just because he's, he's there. He's, you know, he's in, he's in Quebec. You can go and see him and it would bring more excitement to Laval. I don't know it could really go either way. And that's the, that's the part of this. That's, that's interesting. I don't think that there's a real wrong answer right now because it's all, it's all guesswork. You and I have both, uh, we've covered uh, the AHL uh, intensely. I don't think the AHL is uh, the league for him. I don't think the AHL is the league for uh, skilled play, highly skilled, uh, talented players. Uh, there's some, there's some tough, <laughs> tough yeah, players, that, that and uh, and who target skilled players. And um, you know, one of the reasons that um, I'd be, I think it's risky to keep him in the the NHL is the fact uh, that he's going to be targeted. 
uh, his inexperience or naive nature is going to be targeted. We saw that with with uh, Mikhail Sergachev, who was targeted in that the, when he had the nine game stretch in um, the two years ago, 2016, um, 17 season. He was scheduled for nine games. He only played four because he was he was just wrecked on targeted and yeah. wrecked on on almost every shift. And I wouldn't want to see that with Kotkaniemi. Um, and, and I think that something that's kind of lost on people is that the Canadians, they play a, a lot of games uh, in the preseason, but they play home games. They've only played one away game. Um, and what does that mean? Well, you know, the, yeah. the teams love coming to Montreal for the preseason because they split the gate, right? That's, and they know they're going to get uh, a, a good gate in Montreal. However, for the Canadians, um, Claude Julien has, he's controlled the matchups. He's controlled the matchups, particularly for Kotkaniemi. Not going to be able to do that on the road. And as you mentioned, uh, the Canadians start on the road in two tough places, uh, Toronto and Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. And what it's it's risky to have him in a, 82 game schedule with his, his inexperience. Uh, and, and for my money, it's, it's risky putting him in Laval because there, there are, there are some career AHLers who would love to see him and, um, and, you know, take advantage of him in the wrong way. Yeah. Um, I, I, I am, I'd be very nervous about that. Yeah, and it, it's a very interesting point that you mentioned as well because, I mean, it's like I, I watched Nikita Sherback very closely in 2016-2017 when I covered the Ice Caps, and, and a lot of times he seemed a little bit uncomfortable with it because he was he was coming out of out of junior as a very skilled player and, and my, very much the same way that I would assume Jesperi Kotkiniemi would look where he was just knights that – he just wasn't very effective and nights where he tried to engage physically with the guys, like you mentioned that were, you know, career AHLers that, you know, wouldn't really, uh, <laughs> that wouldn't cut him any slack. So maybe that is a good point. Anything else that, uh, that comes and across Sherback, for you? Uh, just to, just to finish on that, Sherback yeah. uh, had two very serious injuries back to back where yeah. he was targeted and when he came back, his confidence was shaken. He was, he was not the same player. He was uh, far less aggressive. He was, his speed was cut. Um, he, he didn't like playing on the uh, – he was nervous uh, being on the boards or, or being in puck battles. So to the extent that Sylvain Lefebvre uh, played him at center and, and fans are, wait, what's going on? Are they converting him to center? No, that wasn't it at all. <laughs> It was to yeah. get him off the board so so that he wouldn't be targeted so much and in an effort to build up his confidence. And that's all part and parcel. Sherbax is an excellent example of, of what I wouldn't want to see happen to Kotkaniemi, where Sherbach had those two pretty serious injuries where he was out for major parts of the season and had set his development way back, uh, at yeah. least a, a season. So, um, yeah, that, there's there's that's an example of what I've, I'm talking about in, in not wanting to, him to, to go to Lavelle and, uh, and a, a lesson there, I think, um, uh, for, for why not, to, why not sending, why sending 
skilled players is not a good idea to the AHL. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I agree with that. Well, uh, we're going to come back after the break and we're going to talk about training camp, how it's progressed, who's going to be on the opening night roster. What's next for Mike McCarron and Brett learn out two of two guys that were cut and sent down to Laval. We'll discuss all of that right after this. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection. And uh, we just discussed Jesperi Kotkaniemi, all the things that, you know, where is he going to go? Is he going to spend the season in Montreal? Well, we know that he's going to be on the opening night roster. But uh, who else is going to be there? That's that's the other question now. We have one out of 20-odd guys answered, confirmed for opening night roster. Kind of know a few others that are probably going to be there. But who else is going to be there? So we have we're looking at a 23 man roster. Typically, yeah. typically, um, Mark Bergevin has liked to keep the extra defensemen, uh, the 13 forwards, eight defensemen, two goalies, obviously. Um, but I think that the the um, um, we, retaining uh, Kokaniemi and and we're assuming he's going to be around for an, at least nine games, if not longer, in yeah. Montreal. Um, I think that that's that kind of points to uh, 14 forwards um, hanging around and seven defensemen. Um, and, you know, that uh, I think um, one of the worries this year was that the Canadians would be, wouldn't have the depth on defense necessarily that, that they'd need. And uh, that depth just took a hit as well um, in the last couple of days. 
um, uh, with an announcement. Yeah, David Schlemko is a guy that's been a little bit uh, uh he's been bogged down with injuries the past past year or so, and he just got another one. It's a six week knee injury for David Schlemko, and yeah, as you mentioned, that that does it's gonna it's gonna raise some questions about the depth on Montreal's blue line, but it will open the door for you know one of presumably one of Mike Riley and or or uh, Xavier Ouellette to to take that spot and and run with it for six weeks. Uh, let's let's hope or or some uh, yeah. <laughs> rotation um, yeah. at at uh, practice yesterday. Uh, you know we've seen throughout the um, with Weber out uh, and and not back till uh, December. We've seen. Uh, I think the consist the most consistent pairing has been Victor Mata and Noah Juleson, and and uh, yeah. they've looked pretty. They've had some um, some issues, particularly on the penalty kill. As as everyone's the penalty kill has been awful, by the way. Yeah. Um, but they've looked pretty good together. Uh, but uh, yesterday they were split up with uh, uh, Mata going up to the top pairing uh, with Jeff Petrie, and uh, my goodness, Jeff trying to best but pairing defenseman uh, both last year and in camp we've seen he's a bit in over his head um, yeah and then then that leaves uh alsner and ben on the second pairing and and uh you know as a i, I like jordy ben but he's had a rough rough camp um yeah and and then that's that uh translates into mike riley uh, who you mentioned and and noah Jolson. On the third pairing, and and Willett and Dupre were were uh, uh, you know there's there's going to be somebody's going to uh, be disappointed between those two. Um, yeah. So I yeah. think that's that's the decision point right there. Yeah, and that's it's it's going to be really interesting, as you mentioned. I mean, Jeff Petrie hasn't looked, you know, he's looked like as you mentioned, he might be in over his head a little bit. Then you go down, like down the line a little bit. You go to Carl Alsner, and Alsner, to his credit, hasn't been as noticeable, which is probably the best thing that you could hope for. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's going to be really interesting. Like it's going to to really question the depth of the Montreal Canadiens. This is going to be a, a huge test for them to see how they kind of. Now you're not only dealing with being you know, down Shea Weber, but now the the bottom pairing is going to be really tested as well because you need one of Ouellette or O'Reilly to really kind of step up and take that spot. And as you mentioned, you would hope that one of them does and, and runs with it for the amount of time that Schlemko will be out. And if not, then boy, oh boy. <laughs> so so can, can you explain to me um, the Simone Dupre experiment? Um, I don't know if I can. I, <laughs> I, I don't like it. It kind of reminds me of Eric Jelena last year, where it's and I mean, like I guess to an extent, so does Xavier Ouellette. But I think that he kind of there, there was more of a reason to do it for him because you know, like he was let go by Detroit, played in the NHL last year. That was a thing. So I feel a little bit bad for Simone Dupre because I feel like this was this was just never going to work out. 
unfortunately. I think that too much has happened. You know, he's, he's, he's battled injuries. He's battled a lot of different things. And he played last year overseas. You know, I don't know. I really can't explain why this, why it happened or, or you know, kind of justify it at all. But, yeah, it, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me either. And and then you have um, Xavier Willette, who, um, you know, I, I think the two-way contract kind of works against him a little bit, that it it makes him easier. Um, the fact yeah. that, that uh, he, he he would be a prime candidate to go down. Not he's had an okay camp, I guess. The the main thing with him is uh, the skills are there. It's the the mental game, the mental mistakes that. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing it's there uh, that's consistent about uh, Willette's game is the mental mistakes, and they just yeah. crop up out of out of nowhere for seemingly no reason. It, he just they just and and that's. That's what was happening in Detroit too. That's yeah. the reason he was scratched for 37 games last year uh, on a decor that was not very good in Detroit. Um, so if he had trouble making that that group, um, you know, it's it's a wonder he can stick around um, with the Canadians. But given their lack of depth, um, you know, maybe maybe he's the guy that uh, that does stick around for that that seventh spot. Um, but I, I think the question that, you know, lots of, lots of people are looking to carry price for a bounce back, but, um, truth be told, it was the defense that more yeah. often than not last year, uh, you know, carry can make, can make that first save can make the second save, but it just turnover after turnover after turnover, um, goaltender can't, um, can't do it all. And, and the defense was, uh, defense was in in, t- in tough last year. Um, the worst, yeah. of, one of the worst defensive teams, um, uh, certainly in the NHL, but that that we've seen in Montreal for a very long time. Going back to like, I just want to go back to what you were talking about with Xavier Roulette because I feel like you can use everything that you said and just take out his name and replace it with Mike Riley because is that not exactly the same situation where you have a guy that has a lot of skill and is, you know, puck moving can do it. And then there are mental mistakes. There are issues that just seem to arise from, from nothing. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Mike Riley has a lot more, more skill in offensive upside yeah. than, than yeah. Willette does, but, but um, and notwithstanding Willette's two goals in the preseason um, in the same game, but uh, Riley has, I mean, he's a very good puck mover. If he could get his uh, defensive game together, if he could wrap his mind around, if, you know, uh, go in the, in the uh, video room and, and watch film. And um, it, it does seem to be a vision thing, an awareness thing, uh, an ability to read the play coming at him. That's where Riley really struggles. Uh, he, yeah. he's, he has a tough time in his own end. Yeah, and I would I would agree with that. And and one guy that you said on last week's podcast that kind of kind of saved his bacon a, a few times was Brett Lernout. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a guy who got sent down to Laval, along with the likes of Hunter Shinkaruk, Mike McCarron, 
And and I think the guys that really stood out of that group were Brett for num- Brett number one because I thought that he had a really good camp, and mm-hmm. and Mike McCarron just because of this has been an ongoing thing with Brett with uh, Mike McCarron. So Brett, um, yeah, Brett first. Um, I uh, listen. He had a he had a great camp. Um, he did everything uh, possible asked of him. Um, he was. He was solid. Um, he was physical. The Canadians don't have a lot of uh, physical defensemen left. No. Um, uh, you know, with, without uh, Shea Weber there to, to clear the front of the net. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Juleson has a bit of an edge to him. but um, He does, yeah. Uh, but as far as being a real physical defenseman, um, you know, there wasn't... Um, one of the cuts was uh, Moravchik, who was who was very physical, um, and uh, I, I just don't I don't see the a physical presence there. And and Brett Lernout had that, and and for a big guy, he's uh, he's mobile. He's got a great first pass, a uh, pretty good shot. Um, I thought I thought he could be a you know a component that you'd want to insert. Uh, in the lineup um, and could be that extra defenseman. I, I, I thought we, uh, you know, we didn't see enough of him that, that uh, he was sent down a bit too early. I thought he, uh, he was playing extremely well during camp and, and uh, hopefully is going to be one of those, uh, one of those first call-ups. Um, how about you? What did you think? I, I think that, you know, I would agree with that. You know, I think that it was just, when when Shea Weber went down and when that was announced back in back over the summer, I immediately thought of him because you look at that right side. You mentioned there isn't a whole lot of there isn't and even on the blue line as a whole. I mean, Carl Alsner can do it, but he didn't really do it effectively last season. You want a guy back there that is maintaining some of the old school, protect your goalie, protect the front of the net, and and really just one of the guys that's that's just hard to play against. And Brett can do that. He can really do that. And like you mentioned, he doesn't get enough credit for being mobile. He is a he's a pretty good skater for his size. He is he's got a you know he he set up the the uh, the first uh, I think it was the first two let go. Yeah, it was the the first goal that he had. He was the one that made the pass over on the point. He has the ability to do that. You know he wouldn't probably be called upon to do that in a you know the bottom bottom. Uh, the bottom pairing or, you know, within the, the, either the, the top four or the top six, but that's something that he can do. And I was, I thought that he did a really good job in camp. And I thought that he did enough that he could have earned a look, you know, later on. And I didn't know if, if it was worth to keep a guy like Jordy Ben who hadn't had, who he really didn't have a great camp. I didn't know if it was worth to keep him around in order to send Brett back to, the AHL where I think everyone has kind of seen enough down there to know that maybe that's, you know, maybe that's a little bit below his level at this point. I think maybe he's ready to make that next step, you know? So that was one for me that I thought he could have been given a little bit longer of a look. Yeah, indeed. And as far as, um, as McCarron, um, well, first, first, uh, you know, just to, uh, we're looking at at four players uh, being cut to get the roster roster into compliance, uh, and and um, as I said, I 
I think they're going to lean heavy on forwards. So we'd be looking at, at uh, you know, is it Lindgren or, or uh, Niami? Well, uh, Lindgren's had a great camp, but I think um, because he doesn't, isn't exposed to waivers, Lindgren, Lindgren will go down. One of the defensemen yeah. we've been talking about. And then it, it would only make sense uh, as far as the forwards for Chapu and Agostino um, to be the to be the cuts uh, both uh, you know they've been okay but nothing special and and um, I their 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 offensive contributions will probably be needed in Laval particularly after being blown out by by uh, Belleville last night five nothing yeah um, uh, that's that's a whole other issue but um, yeah. getting back to 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 McCarran, um Listen, there's there's all kinds of narratives out there, and it's his skating, and it's this, and it's that. Um, you know, part of it, I think, is uh, I, I'll I'll I, I'll never forget that that scout who who said to me, "This guy should be able to do more. He needs to do more." And I think that's kind of the story of of Mike McCarron. Um, last season in training camp, um, Mike was pissed when he was cut. Um, and sent to Laval. Um, I I know uh, I encountered him, uh, and he was he was yeah he was not very happy uh, getting cut. He he fully expected last season to uh, to make the the opening night roster, and he was not um, in a very good attitude uh, those first uh, few weeks of the the season, maybe the first month of the season. Add to that that the Canadians as an organization completely changed his role last season and made the decision that this guy isn't going to be, uh, we're not going to, to depend on this guy for his offense. So last season in Lavelle, rather than being on a top line, on a scoring line, uh, being part of the first wave power play as he has had been, they completely revamped his role. He played on a, a second line with physical wingers, a banging line, um, more, uh, you know, shut, not shut down, but, but kind of a, a more energy, uh, kind of role. Um, and, and you could see he was clearly confused, clearly confused. Part of it was attitude. Part of it was confusion so that when he was recalled by the Canadians and he came up in February sometime, um, he was hesitating. Uh, he was thinking rather than reacting like, who am I here? And with a, for a player who who has a pretty low hockey IQ to begin with, and I'm I'm just being honest here, yeah. um, that it, it was that reaction time. It was you have a, a a low IQ. You know, if we're looking at on the spectrum, you got Mike McCarron at one end, you got Konami at the other end, as far as yeah, as as that goes, um, and. And so it wasn't necessarily that his skating was the problem. His skating has improved each year, and and it really has. Um, stamina has been an issue for him. He improved that last year. Skating has been an issue, and and even this this summer, this past summer, you know, he he summers in 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 London. He has a a, a home with Olivia in London. Um, he he trains and and just outside of London in Exeter, he was with Kathy McElwain, a skating coach. He worked on his edge work the tight turns, um, longer, more powerful stride, all of that. 
but it's not his skating. It's uh, people. It's not. It's his <laughs> ability to think the game. And will he ever have the ability to think the game at the NHL level? I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. But, but uh, that's, that's what's landed him back in Lavelle. Uh, this year uh, had to be humbling the first time he went through uh, waivers and, um, you know, all of the teams passed on him. Um, it's it's going to be a tough season for Mike McCarron, and um, and it's going to be up to him to have the right attitude uh, in Lavelle yep. and then the right attitude if and when he's recalled. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, it's it's now the onus is on him. Because and I think that's where it's been the past few years, but now more than ever, like you said, he goes through waivers and there's not a team that would be willing to give him a chance. So now it's on him more than ever. So uh, would you like to get into a guy that you've been impressed with? I think we'll just probably stick it with just with with just the guy that you've been impressed with. A guy that you've kind of mentioned is Arturi Lekkinen. Arturi Lekkinen. I, I mean, there's there's um, with with. Uh, Max Domi and 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 his um, you know incident. Uh, there's there's been lots and and certainly Kokaniemi. There's uh, and Duran back at the wing and and uh, there's been lots of of storylines that have really overshadowed the fact that in my mind Arturi Lekkonen has been the most consistent forward in um, in camp and uh, you know he has had injury problems to start last season and it, it took him months. Um, he wasn't, he, he wasn't himself for, for months, the shoulder injury. Uh, he looks great. Um, and he yeah. looks, I mean, he's the guy that, that is going to the net. He's the guy that's, uh, digging the puck. Uh, he looks like a changed guy and, and certainly matched up with, uh, his countrymen, whether it's Armia or whether it's, uh, Kokaniemi. um, He's he's the player who's going to stir the drink here. I I've I've really liked what I've seen from Lekkonen. Yeah, and I think that I mean back when you when you go back and you look at the 2017 playoffs against the Rangers, he had a really good series. You know, he was he was a really good player, and I was like, okay, well, I think he's probably going to make a jump next the you know for for 2017-18, and and that just didn't really for a lot of different reasons. I mean, I don't think it's, you can really fault him for it. There's a lot of things that were going on there. So, but like, yeah, I think he's kind of picked up where he left off there. Absolutely. Um, so quietly and, and, uh, and maybe that's a good thing. Uh, maybe flying yeah. under the radar is a good thing, uh, but uh, been very impressed with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. And uh, well, after the break, we're going to talk about, the new system in Montreal, the new system they're employing. We're going to respond or, or read some of your responses to the question of the week regarding Kotkaniemi, who we discussed earlier in the show. We're going to look at your answers, see what you think about where he should play this season. And as always, we're going to have a bad tweet. So that's coming up after the break. Stay with us. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. 
I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back here on Canadians Connection. This is uh, this has been the uh, the second episode here of Canadians Connection, and we've got some really interesting things lined up in this segment. We got uh, we we talked earlier about Yasperi Kotkaniemi. We talked about the way that Montreal's kind of been playing throughout this preseason. Their their games against Toronto, games against Ottawa, and and even back to uh, to games against New Jersey, Florida, and and Washington, but. The one thing that's kind of stood out to you, Rick, has been kind of a new system that's been that's been talked about that that Montreal have been employing in this uh, in the training camp and and in the preseason. Yeah, and when we say different, um, I think I think it's important to look at what what was. Um, you know, we we know that yeah. Claude Julien is a is kind of old school, um, and uh, he had some success. Uh, with the Bruins um, uh, early in this decade. Um, and some of the, the methods that he's using, some of the types of players he likes to rely on are perhaps a little bit outdated. And and we heard, you know, when, when things were not going well last season, we heard some even criticisms of his system from outside and also from, from uh, the players, um, you know, on the defensive uh, side, I think, uh, and, and, Carl Alsner, um, you know, fans love to jump on him, but he said that uh, the the system that uh, on the defensive side that Claude Julien and and um, that they were and JJ were were using um, last season just just baffled him. Um, it's nothing like he had ever been exposed to in in with the Capitals. Um, um, Victor Meta uh, said that to me, like uh, that that it was it was unusual 
Um, yeah. And it was an overload. It was an overload. It wasn't a man-to-man in their own zone. It was uh, Claude Julien was trying to create an overload situation where two men would go and and uh, uh, kind of go after the puck carrier uh, to 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 overload. So there was a lot of shifting, reading, and shifting. And uh, what ended up was a lot of confusion. And also that when you overload, there you're you're freeing a man. So there always seemed to be an open man uh, that was one on one with Carey Price or, or or whoever the goaltender was. I'd say, and 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 the results, I'd say it was an unmitigated disaster. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, the the proof's in the pudding, right? And yeah. um, and on the offense, on the offensive side. It was just, uh, uh, it was, you know, he, he was, uh, Claude Julien has been accused uh, by the analytics folks of wanting to uh, uh, pad his Corsi um, because uh, <laughs> he just wanted shots generated. He wanted yeah. uh, shots and, and hopefully that would create rebounds and hopefully that would lead to getting the puck in the back of the net. And it never really happened because those shots were coming from everywhere. They're coming from the perimeter. They were from all over the place. And, and Max Pacioretty said, it said, why are we taking shots from, you know, the blue <laughs> line? Uh, let's get in tight. Let's go to the net. Let's, let's exploit the slot. Um, yeah. And that wasn't Claude Julian's plan at all. Um, so it was Eric Ingalls that, that reported in a chat with, uh, Brendan Gallagher. And I don't know if, if I re- would have reported, uh, his quote, but, but, but Eric did, uh, and said that, um, that, uh, Brendan Gallagher said that, that the, the D in the league like to get on top of wingers. Uh, when you're going into the zone, they, they like to, to get, well, get on top of forwards. So, yeah. Um, their idea this season is to fly the zone. The wingers fly the zone uh, to to press the press the D back, uh, and 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 in doing so, uh, free up space in the middle of the ice, and and particularly for for the centerman, it gives the centerman space to shoot. It gives the centerman space to make a play, um, and and. And even in the D zone, if or sorry, in the neutral zone, when the play is developing, if if those wingers are 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 attacking, they're pressing the D back and 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 creating some space in the neutral zone to allow that play to develop. Um, so um, that seems like a to me uh, that kind of stuck out as a as a pretty notable change to the way that the Canadians had play, been playing offensively uh, last season and, uh, and good for, uh, you know, um, the coaching staff. We don't know who actually came We, we know that, that Kirk Muller is pretty good at, at breaking down the opposition and, and developing new systems, but, but good on Claude Julien if he's been uh, willing to listen and willing to uh, adapt his, his older system um, to some, to some newer ideas. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that it's really, it's, it's really changed the way that they're playing. And that's really genuinely exciting because there is talent on this team. There isn't like, it's not like this team is without the ability to like, they have guys that can, that can score, that can create Jonathan Drouin comes to mind last year. Wasn't, 
really, I mean, they switched him back and forth between center and wing. If he gets more stability and he's on the wing where he probably should be, then maybe he can create a little bit more. But this entire thing, this system that they're using, they're, they're, it seems like they're just constantly trying to turn pucks over and get off into transition. And that's exactly what they should be doing, given who they have. Given the personnel, that's exactly what they should be trying to be. You have Paul Byron, you have Gallagher and and go down the line. Even, you know, we haven't seen a whole lot of them, obviously, because of the suspension, but Max Domi's another guy. If these guys get open ice, and Philip Deneau's been another guy that's really done well with this, like you talk about creating space for the centermen. So, you know, you look at all, the, all those guys, this is a team that will be able to, to create off the rush. The problem's going to be when when people know exactly what they're trying to do and then mm-hmm. neutralize it. And also playing against, because, I mean, let's be honest, it's preseason. Most teams aren't running out their, their best players. But, I mean, early on, there are signs of life when I don't imagine many people thought there would, that there would be, especially for the offense. And it's going to be interesting to see when Claude Julien doesn't have the matchups, the point I made earlier about all the home exactly. games. Exactly. Uh, how the Canadians are, are going to be able to um, continue to exploit uh, uh, the other teams. It's, yeah, I, 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 I look forward to it, but you know, that's, that's been, I guess the biggest complaint against Julian is uh, that he hasn't adapted and, and best used the assets that he have. It's just, if it's a yeah. speedy uh, team that he has, he hasn't made good use of the speed. The, this newer system seems to, make better use of, of the players that he has. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, it, it's just been, it's been a lot of, a lot of fun to watch. It's been, you know, that game against Toronto, they did exactly what they should do against Toronto. I mean, obviously you get exposed by the fact that they have a lot more firepower, especially on the power play. But, uh, you know, you look at the way that they played. I mean, they played them pretty tight. And, and Mike Babcock even came out after the game and said they're faster and they're better. Mm-hmm. So with that said, uh, we talked earlier in the show about Jesperi Kotkaniemi and where he should play or where he should spend the majority of this season. Me and, me and Rick think that it's probably better to send him back to Finland, develop a little bit, play a little bit of center. Maybe, you know, maybe you disagree. And, and we did have some responses earlier when we tweeted this out. And, and one of those comes from uh, Samuel, who says, I would start the season with him on the first line. And if he does good, keep him there. And if he's average, return him to Finland. So maybe a little bit of, you know, he kind of agrees with what we're, what we're going with. Mm-hmm. And then the other point that was made uh, by Kate Rasher and by Mike Massell, uh, let him play in Laval. So, uh, you know, you're, you're right there. And, uh, he would be able to play at the World Juniors then, and that would be a really good experience for him. So some some differing opinions, you know. Uh, some people think that he's ready, like Andrew saying he's ready, has shown that. He will be he will improve by playing more and against better players. Yeah, we, we, we love hearing your responses, and, and yeah. uh, we'll, and we'll such post a wide, it. Yeah, such a wide array. And, and all of the different responses. perspectives, that's right. Yeah. Um, we're going to, as, as we've done with Habs 360 for Canadians Connection, we're, we'll post a, a question of the week uh, most often the morning of the, of the podcast, uh, Saturday morning. And uh, so look for it on Twitter. 
It'll be posted from the Canadians uh, Connection uh, Twitter account, which is Habs Connection. So all Habs my account. Uh, and um, if if you prefer Facebook, you can find us there uh, as well. Just yeah. search for All Habs, all one word, All Habs, and you'll get to the All Habs fan page. And we got a whole mess of responses, a whole pile <laughs> of responses. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of them. Um, yeah. Because we really appreciate our our uh, our listeners and our, our readers um, on All Habs Hockey Magazine. Um, we have Sheldon Weisberg, um, uh, who says, despite his less than elite skating, which we had talked about, his positioning is yeah. great, which it is, which speaks to how far along in his development he is. Kokaniemi should get a nine-game trial, but then go back to Finland to fill out his frame and improve his skating. Maybe keep him there for a couple of years. That way, Montreal stays the course of building towards the future. Um, so that's that's pretty positive and kind of agrees with yeah. the the the, scent, the, the uh, sense that we had that uh, heading back to Finland is a good idea. Um, we have Sandy Cook who says uh, nine games in the NHL, then back to Finland. It's really a no-brainer. So it's it's pretty simple as far as yeah. as Sandy goes. Um, Habstrick. Uh, Habstrick is a good friend of of, uh, of us, of the show, of, yeah. uh, of all Habs and, and a former writer with us. Uh, Habstrick says he's showing that he can play against NHL players. Do the Habs need him? Absolutely. Will he make a difference for a cup this season? No. He's listed yeah. at 184 and, and 6'2 on his frame. Send him back to Finland where his father said he would play him center. His father, of course, a uh, big part of the team there, Asat. Yeah. Uh, big guys, more room to keep improving his skating and face-offs. Face-offs is another issue that he needs uh, some some work on. Fewer yeah. games and travel means more time in the weight room. He's adapting to the North American ice quickly, so this year or next year makes no difference in that respect. Um, so I think that's, again, that's uh, that goes with uh, the thinking. And, and uh, again, thanks for, there's there's tons of, of uh, of other responses on the fan page. If you want to read them, if you want to respond to them, or you just want to respond to our question, go to uh, the uh, All Habs fan page on Facebook, or as we've said, um, reply to one of us on uh, on Twitter as well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'll be I'll be retweeting them as I get them, and 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 replying to some of them. But uh, yeah, so uh, and uh, so, anyways. Um, I guess that will lead us to bad tweets. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on the Canadian's Connection. So Rick, again, this is this is your bad tweet, so I'll let you kind of kind of <laughs> take the wheel on this one because you you've come up with this one and it, it kind of ties into what we've been talking about because one of the guys that we're going to see on Wednesday night and uh, when the season opens up in Toronto, and one of the guys that we just seen this past Wednesday night, John Tavares. So uh, take it away, Rick. Well, I think the Canadian fans have a bit of a, a chip on, on their shoulder. Given that, that John Tavares uh, said he wouldn't even speak with the Canadians uh, uh, over the, that, you know, obviously the Canadians were, were, would have lined up uh, to talk to him and would have made a big pitch and would have offered him uh, the moon. Um, and, uh, but given their place in the standings, given their, their, their outlook, uh, John Tavares didn't want to have anything to do with the Canadians and, and 
Um, so Canadians fans, um, you know, didn't take too kindly to that. And with the game uh, on Wednesday, it kind of came out that uh, there's a lot of criticism of Tavares. But I saw this one as a bad tweet. It, it's from Big B on Twitter, and he says, uh, I'm overjoyed that Tavares didn't want to sign here. Uh, that would have set the organization back ten, seven to ten years. Hashtag blessing. And I, I listen. Um, th- there's d- differing opinions, but overjoyed that Tavares wouldn't. Uh, that's 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 way over the top. I mean, yeah. any team would have. He, he we we see what he's added and and the way he's able to uh, uh, complement uh, that that lineup and and uh, what he's done for Austin Matthews and that power play the the super power play they're calling it in in Toronto is yeah. just it's. As as Claude Julian said, it's going to burn a lot of teams this year. Uh, it was second; yeah. they were the Leafs were second in the league last year on the power play without Tavares. So, um, you know, uh, <laughs> it's going to be even more powerful this year, uh, more more intimidating. But uh, so for me, that that was uh, we we love we love our our uh, social media folks, and particularly those on Twitter. But I I saw that one as our bad tweet of the week. Yeah, and that's fair because I think <laughs> – and that's not the only one because there's been other people that have tweeted things of that nature where, oh, if you look back a year ago where people were leading up to – it was leading up to Tavares and, and his free agency, and everyone was like, oh, man, if Montreal gets him, like, we are on that next level now. We could compete for a cup. And then all of a sudden, signs in Toronto, oh, well, you know, Toronto is, is – you know, it's all it's, – it's all – it's all hype and everything like that, uh, you know? So we've seen, we've, I've seen a couple of different tweets similar to that one, but yeah, uh, overjoyed is a little bit of a stretch when it comes to uh, an elite player like John Tavares. So I guess uh, that'll be as good a place as any to, uh, to end this week's episode of Canadians connection. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Whalen 19, follow Rick at all Habs, And of course, the account for this podcast at Habs Connection and keep tweeting us in with keep tweeting in with those responses to the question of the week. Where should Yasperi Kotkaniemi play the majority of this season? So uh, you have anything to say, Rick, before we sign off? I'm just uh, uh, another action packed show. Uh, we're thrilled with uh, all of those that uh, w- uh, the uh, that joined us last week. And, and uh, of course this week, the, this is the, the new generation of, of the Habs 360 podcast that you've grown to uh, listen to and love. Uh, we are the Canadians Connection and uh, thrilled to interact with you each and every um, Saturday or, you know, listen at your leisure. Uh, you can yeah. find us on all the, all the podcast uh, platforms. Uh, pick out your favorite one, whether it's iTunes, whether it's TuneIn Radio. Just search for Rocket Sports Radio. Search for Rocket Sports Radio. You're going to get the Canadians Connection podcast. You're going to get from the press box. You're going to get everything you need uh, to prepare you uh, for this NHL season uh, that's about to launch. Yeah, we're right around the corner. And next week, wouldn't you know it, we're going to be talking about regular season hockey games. So make sure you tune in next week, 1 p.m. Eastern. That's 2.30 Newfoundland time. And uh, we will be (laughs) right back with you talking about all things Montreal Canadiens talking about the season opener that will take place this coming Wednesday. So thanks for joining us here on, on Canadians connection, excuse me. 
and we will be right back with you next week. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at HabsConnection and visit allhabs.net.